Luke chapter 16. We want to continue where we left off last week, but I want to remind you of a couple things. We're talking about God's view of how a Christian should approach financial responsibility. What does God have to say about how a Christian deals with finances? We looked at Jesus' words in chapter 16 last week, verses 10 and 11. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And we talked about the true riches being the things of the kingdom of God things that are truly lasting, things that aren't going to burn and, and be thrown away. And if we're faithful with the things of this life, if we're faithful with earthly riches, the Bible seems to imply to us that we can be trusted with the much more significant, lasting things of the Spirit and the kingdom of God. We looked at uh, a number of things last week. We looked at Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, and... God speaks to the prophet, tells us that God owns everything. All the silver and all the gold belongs to him. Then we looked over in Deuteronomy, and the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8 uh, indicated, or seems certainly to imply strongly, that God gives us the power to gain wealth. He gives us the ability to gain something of that which belongs to him. Now the scriptures say that there are basically three principles that God has outlined for us, three ways that we can gain that which belongs to God. Do you remember the first way? Work. Work hard. Work hard. Now, someone said to me, they wrote me a letter this week, they said, well, I'm working hard, but I'm not very, making very much money. Well, if you think that just working hard is going to gain you all this wealth, it depends upon what you're working hard at. Remember the qualification. Work, hard work brings a measure of wealth. Now, if you're going to work hard at a, at a task that doesn't pay very much, you're going to maintain a measure of wealth from that. But not nearly as much as someone who works hard at something else, which is a, a much greater return on their investment. So understand... Uh, understand that. A lot of people think, well, I'm working really, really hard and I'm doing this task that doesn't pay very much and I don't make a whole lot of money. And the pastor said, I should be. No, you're going to make that amount that that task is deserving. Okay? Secondly, what's the second means? Save. 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 Now, someone else said to me, well, am I just saving just so I give, give away the savings? No, you're to save, but out of the savings, you're going to have extra to give away. Out of that margin. Everybody should be learning to save. And then the third plan, the third part of it was what? Plan, that's right. I gave you the answer. In case you didn't know it. So work hard, save, and plan. What does planning entail? 
a budget. It entails priorities, doesn't it? It entails keeping good records, doesn't it? See, these, these, through, three, through these three principles that God has given, we are going to gain a significant measure of wealth. And what, but I, what I mean about wealth is that which God has designed that you should have. Okay? Now we're going to continue and look at uh, the reasons why if you're short. Because again, I've, I've gotten feedback this week again from people saying, well, this is great that God wants me to have money. But why do I have so little? Why do I have more month left at the end of my money than money left at the end of the month? So we're going to look at some reasons very possibly and give you a little test if you find yourself short or if you know other people you're trying to counsel them through their financial situation. We're going to give them a little test as to very possibly why they might be short. Now remember, the three principles have to be in place. You've got to be willing to work hard, right? Be willing to save and be willing to what? Plan. Now, if you're doing all those things and you're still coming up short, then we need to look at some other things. Okay? Now, here's a little test. There's four points. First, you need to ask yourself, if you seem to be coming up short financially, ask yourself this question. Do I need more or do I want more? Not every want is a need. That may be hard for some to receive. We live in a very relative society. Everything is relative. And it's very easy for us to, to, to define things that we want as, oh, I need that. I've just got to have that. Have you ever said that? Have you ever thought, I've just, just got to have that? When in fact, that's really not a need. It is a want. And so we need to make a differentiation between those things. Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. First Timothy chapter six, verses six through nine. Paul writes, but godliness, now listen to what he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. What's great gain? Living a godly life and being contented. Be, that's a person who is not looking after everything, says, oh, I've got to have that, oh, I've got to have that. That's not a contented person. That's not a godly person. He says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. What are we amassing? Where are we storing up treasure? But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. I remember Paul says over in Philippians that I have learned the secret of being content in whatever circumstance I find myself, whether in plenty or in want. Now, that's, that's an issue for all of us, this learning to be content. Is this a need or is it a want? And to, to differentiate between those two. He goes on and he says, People 
who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. And so if there's this, this strong urge for upward mobility, you're driven for it. Be careful. Be careful because it can lead you astray. And we'll look at that. So not every, not every want is a need. So the first question you want to ask yourself is, do I need this? Do I need this thing? Do I need to buy this? Do I need to have this? Is this essential for my life? Okay? Second point. Maybe I don't have very much, or maybe I'm limited. Maybe I have more month left at the end of the money because God is testing my faith. Does God test people? Oh, yeah. Ask Abraham. Ask Abraham who learned to walk by faith. Do you remember in chapter 22, what happened in chapter 22? God came to Abraham and said what? Lay Isaac on the, on the altar. Sacrifice your only son. Testing his what? His faith. God will stretch us. God will stretch us. He'll use the circumstances of life to stretch us. So that when there's no other resource available except God, we acknowledge him, we wait on him. Lord, I, there's no place else. I've done everything. Is God testing my faith? Now, the points that we're going to look at, you know, don't just single them out and say, well, this one, yes, this one, no. They, they could be all, there could be a measure of interplay of all of them in our lives. Okay, because all of us have wants that aren't needs, don't we? Sure. And all of us, uh, upon occasion, get stretched by God in the area of our finances, certainly in other areas. In Job chapter 23, verse 10, I love this. Was Job tested by God? I hope to shout. <laughs> that guy was stretched. Did he examine his life? You better believe it. Did his friends examine his life for him? <laughs> Aren't friends wonderful? Job in chapter 23, verse 10 says, When he, meaning the Lord, has tested me, I will come forth as gold. I'll come forth as gold, purified, refined. What's the purpose of the testing? Just to withhold stuff from you for no particular reason? Just to say, well, I think I'll just get Melinda Penner this week. No. No, God wants to, wants to refine us so like Job, we come forth as gold. And so if there's a, an area of your life, maybe God is testing your faith. Number three, maybe I already misused what he gave me. Anybody ever done that? Oh, yeah. Maybe I already misused what he gave me. Do you remember Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents? The three servants that the master gave, five talents, two talents, one talent. And then the, the one servant, did he use that talent appropriately? No, he went and buried it. He went and buried it. And so maybe, maybe I have misused something of what God has given me, and I need to go back and evaluate now, if you have done that, does that disqualify you forever from God blessing you? 
No, it just requires that you go back and you say, oh, I can see what I've done here. Lord, I lay hold of your forgiving grace. I lay hold of your forgiving grace. I acknowledge I blew it over in this area. You, you repent. You acknowledge what you've done. Confess your sin. And he who is faithful and just will forgive us and cleanse us. And, and the door is open again, right? Amen. So if you've misused it, if you've, if you've been wrong in some area, don't be afraid to let the Holy Spirit search your life and show you some areas. Don't be prideful. So did I misuse something he's already given me? The fourth one is this. Have I violated some biblical principle, some specific principle? You say, well, what do you mean? Well, if God has given us a certain amount of money and he knows that that's enough for all of my needs and for a margin, for an additional amount, and he does know that, doesn't he? I mean, doesn't God know exactly what you need? Doesn't he know all your needs? Doesn't he know how much the margin should be? Sure. Okay. So he knows all those things. And if he's already supplied that which you need, plus the margin, and you don't have enough, maybe you have violated some principle. Now let's look at these principles. The first one. This is a good one. Stinginess. Stinginess. How many people would admit to being stingy? We all have a measure of stinginess in us, do you know that? How many, look, how many were stingy as kids? No, that's my toy. It's my bicycle, my skateboard. Yeah, stinginess. Stinginess. Now you say, well, if I'm stingy, am I, is that, is that going to work against me in terms of, of, of gaining wealth? Well, let's look at the Bible. Turn to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 24 and 25, page 657. Now listen, listen, listen to what the Bible says. Listen to what God says. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Now is there a principle? Yeah, give and it shall be given to you, right? One man gains freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. That's a stingy person. Another withholds unduly and comes to what? Poverty. So the course that a stingy person is set on is a course towards poverty. The course of a generous person is to what? Not poverty, but to even greater. This is God speaking. This isn't me talking. These are principles that God has built into his word. And if you violate a principle, if you violate a principle, as you sow, so shall you reap. Okay? All right. So don't be stingy. There's another biblical principle. Hastiness. Are you hasty? Are you hasty? Are you in a big hurry? You've got to have it. You've got to have it now. How many ever bought something on impulse? 
We have become members of Costco. <laughs> Need I say more? The impulse buyer's delight. You go down all those, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. My wife, when we go there, has to, has to literally steer me away from the candy row. Do you know how they have those boxes, right? Boxes of candies. I mean, I just walk down those aisles and go, wow. It's crazy. A place like that is an impulse buyer's heaven. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Whoa! I don't feel so bad. Okay. Don't be in a big hurry to buy anything. There's always something to be said for let's sleep on it. Let's think about this. Let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. Can you dig it? You know what I'm talking about? Hastiness. Listen to Proverbs chapter 19. Just turn over a couple more pages if you're still there with me in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 19. Verse 2. It is not good to have zeal without knowledge, nor to be hasty and miss the way. Beware of hastiness with respect to spending your money. Beware of having zeal without knowledge. You know, oh yeah, I just, oh sure, just show me where to sign. <laughs> How many have ever had buyer's remorse? <laughs> buyer's remorse, if you don't know, is, you know, feeling bad two or three days after you paid on the, you say, oh, why did I buy that thing? Right? Okay. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. Do the, are the scriptures applicable to our lives? Are they relevant? Sure, they're relevant. People say to me, oh, the Bible. I say, man, you've got to get into the Bible. They're relevant. So uh, haste leads to poverty. So be patient. Be patient. You can claim a wonderful promise. Do you know where that promise is? It's one of the greatest promises in the Bible. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God shall supply all your wants. You guys have been reading. <laughs> All your needs, according to his riches in glory in Christ. Always add in Christ, because that's important. You've got to be a Christian, okay? In Christ. So just be patient. He will supply. Don't be hasty. Don't run out and do things foolishly in a hasty manner. Thirdly, here's a good one. Stubbornness. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Stubbornness. You're just going to go out and spend that money the way you want to. And you're not going to listen to anybody. It's my money. I'm going to do with it what I want. Husbands and wives, by the way, if you're married, don't have 
His money, her money. It's our money. It's our money. And we agree on any major purchase in our household. We talk about it. We pray about it. We wait. We agree. We don't agree. She doesn't want to go along with me. I buy it anyway. <laughs> you guys that know my wife, you know that's not true. <laughs> Don't be stubborn. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 18. I think in your notes it's 13.8. It should be 13.18. 13.18. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction is honored. Don't be stubborn. Don't harden your heart. Don't be stiff-necked. Remember God spoke to Israel? He says, you are stiff-necked people. You're a stubborn people. Turn over to Malachi. Malachi chapter 2. Page 979. Malachi chapter 2, verse 2. God says, If you do not listen, and if you do not set your heart to honor my name... Now listen to these words. If you do not listen, and if you don't set your heart to honor my name... In other words, if you're stubborn over these issues that I'm talking to you about, and one of the big issues in Malachi, of course, you know, is money, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them because you have not set your heart to honor me. Yeah, that's intense. You want your blessings cursed? Then honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Don't be stubborn, because poverty and shame will come to him who neglects instruction. He neglects the way of the Lord. Fourth, laziness. This is a good one. Maybe you don't have enough money because you're lazy and you're not earning enough. There's a lot of lazy people out there today. Proverbs again, chapter 20. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 13. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you'll have food to spare. Do not love sleep. Oh, man, just five more minutes. Oh, just five more minutes. Just ten more minutes. Woo! Whoa. There's, a, there's a proverb that says, uh, the early bird gets the worm. Get up early. Get going early. Get out of there. Okay? Don't be lazy. Do not sleep or you'll grow poor. Stay awake and you'll have food to spare. Get up. That's half the battle. Just get up. Get going. Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs 23, 21. 
Drowsiness will clothe a man in rags. That's a good one, huh? Look at Proverbs 6. Turn back to This is a good one. You'll like this. Proverbs 6. This is one of my favorite. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. Whoa. Get up. Number five. There's another one here. Number five. Indulgence. Indulgence. The idea behind that is that if you don't have, no, have enough money, maybe you've been indulgent, wasteful, if you will. Proverbs 23, 21 again says, drunkards and gluttons become poor. People who indulge themselves become poor. And I know some of you are aware of that reality. Philippians chapter 3, verse 19. Listen to what Paul says here. Let me just read it to you. Philippians 3.19. He says, For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. They're just they're consumers. That's all they are. They keep indulging themselves. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. Do you get the idea of, of being an indulgent kind of a person? Self-indulgent? James chapter 4, verse 3. Same idea. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. There's a biblical principle of indulging ourselves. And you violate that. That could very well stand in the way of you not being blessed by the Lord. The last one, number six, I've labeled this craftiness, for lack of a better word, or, or being scheming, a scheming kind of a person, a crafty kind of a person. In Proverbs 28, 18 through 20, Again, I want you to turn back there because I want you to read this with me. Proverbs 28, 18 through 20. He whose walk is blameless is kept safe, but he whose ways are perverse will suddenly fall. He who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A schemer, one who is constantly fantasizing. A faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Now you have to understand what he's saying. He's talking about you're, you're, you're impulsive, you're chasing after things, you're fantasizing, you're scheming, you're, you're plotting, you see all these little gimmicks and ideas. Oh, and my ship comes in idea. Going out to the track. 
I've grown up with guys. I've known guys. I've used to go out to Hollywood Park. When I went to SC, we'd have an organic chemistry lab, and we'd have to set up this experiment. And our organic chemistry lab uh, was running the same time Hollywood Park was open. And we'd set up these experiments, which would have to, which would have to cook for three, three and a half hours. Real low, real low temperatures and so forth. And these things would have to cook and cook, and you'd have to sit there and wait and wait. So this buddy, my, my lab partner, was, a, was a, a bookie, bookmaker, you know, and did all this stuff on the side. And so he taught me how to handicap horses. He used to bring the racing forms into the lab. We'd handicap horses. He taught me all about it. And we'd, we'd get our lab stuff all set up. And then we'd cut out a lab and hit Hollywood Park, bet the Daily Double, and get back just in time to get the, get the uh, lab experiment finished. I can't tell you how much money we lost. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But this guy was convinced. He was convinced that he was going to hit it big. We had, I had to tell you this, this is crazy. <laughs> this is one of the first times, my, I'd never been there. It was my first times at the, at the track. I mean, it can be exciting. You know what I'm talking about? It can be exciting. And we put, we put all this money down. We had, um, we had bet, uh, I forget what the combinations were, but one of the horses in the second race, our horse in the first race won. Now we, we, we. So we put all this money on this second horse. The gate went off, the horses were out. Our horse came out of the gate first. He went into. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> There's probably lots of Christians out there going, Come on, Lord! <laughs> he came out of the gate first, he went into the turn first, he came out of the turn first. And we're going crazy. We're screaming, come on, sky country. Come on, sky country. He came in fourth. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Be careful about being crafty and scheming. Gambling falls in this arena, as we've just said. The lottery falls in this. Man, if you're putting a buck in the lottery, you bring that dollar here. Who's, whose money is that? God's money. Are those lottery tickets you're passing around over there? Rob, are those lottery tickets? Oh, McDonald's tickets. Oh. It's God's money. It's God's money. Someone says, oh, but, 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 boy, when I hit the big one, when I hit the big one, I'm going to give half of it to God. Sure you are. You know how many times I've heard that? That rationalization? I don't care about that million or two million or ten million. What are you doing with the buck that's in your pocket now? What are you doing with that buck that's in your pocket now? If you aren't giving that buck that's in your pocket now, you aren't going to give that million later. <laughs> Believe me. Believe me. I've seen it. 
I've been there. So be careful. Don't be a crafty, scheming, gambling kind of a person. A faithful, trustworthy man will abound in blessings. That's what God's Word says. That kind of person will abound in blessings. God wants you to have money. We've established that fact, haven't we? He wants you to have enough to live on and meet all your needs. In fact, he wants you to have more than you need. He wants you to have a savings so that periodically when he calls on you, you can draw out of that savings to minister when the Holy Spirit says, hey, there's a need over here. You go, oh, good. Oh, good. I just had to have, happen to have some over here that's extra, and I can meet that need. And, not, and God doesn't always show everybody the same need at the same time. You know that's true. He may just give you visibility of some need, and he's given you the visibility for a reason. Not that you come and say, Pastor, this person has a need. The church should meet that need. Now, sometimes it's a real big need, then that's appropriate. But don't bring that need to me until first you've done something to meet that need because God showed you the need first. And if you're not in a position to help out in some way, then you need to evaluate why you're not in that position. Why? Evaluate what's going on with your finances. If we don't have enough, we need to backtrack. We need to find out what's wrong. Either I violated some kind of biblical principle we, as we've just outlined them, or I've misused what God's already given me, or maybe the facts are that I don't really need it, the thing that I want. Or maybe God's just bringing me through a time of testing to strengthen my faith. Now again, in some measure, maybe all four are in play in someone's life. But you need to sit down, you need to prayerfully, thoughtfully truthfully consider these issues as you evaluate your own finances if you're going to be a faithful steward of what God has entrusted into your hands now. He is very, very concerned that you be fiscally responsible. He is very concerned that you be fiscally responsible because that determines what your treasure, not only your treasure, but the, 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 the riches that he's going to entrust to you in terms of his kingdom. All this stuff's going to burn. All this stuff's going to burn. Okay? All right. I want to leave off there. We're going to continue this next week. Is this helpful? Is this helpful for you? Okay. We're going to continue next week, and we're going to look at the way to regard money next week. That's very, very important. Okay, we're going to have communion. We're going to spend a few moments, and I have a very, very special treat for you.